Major Alex Garrett. You got to understand, you're a new Jackie. And in many ways, Curtis, I still kind of feel that way. But, you know, this is uh, an interesting day because hopefully I have Frank Morano on. You know, Frank's been on before. He's now hosting at WABC Radio, and we're still great friends. And, you know, he and Curtis were the reason why I made it to AM970 The Answer as a producer, now a production assistant. But his post today, Curtis Lee was his post on Sliwa for Mayor, uh, hit home just how connected I feel with all the scenes. Did you know in 1992, the Garden Angels, led by Curtis Sliwa, endorsed Rudy? Well, in, in many ways, the full circle approach and effect is here because I, you know, Rudy's endorsing Curtis for mayor. And throughout the last 25 years, it's been a connection with Rudy and with Curtis. And, and it just pulls me back into those days of... Major Alex Garrett, you got to understand, you're a new Jackie. Because I could say I, I lived through that. And I could say that Curtis... Maybe you don't know this, but Curtis inspired me to be on the radio long before I actually rolled up to him at the Little Nick Douglaston Parade. He inspired me because I just enjoyed the show in 10th grade, actually, listening with my dad uh, to 77 WABC. <clears throat> and I said, I want to do this. I want to operate all this stuff. I want to put all the moving pieces together. And Curtis and Frank and then Mark DeBoer and eventually Jerry and uh, Jerry Crowley and Phil Boyd, they all said, let's give him a shot. And I, I wouldn't be evolving at, you know, the radio station now without Curtis. And it's just very interesting because I saw firsthand, whenever you would walk around with Curtis, the city would gravitate toward him. Hey, Curtis, hey, we love you, Curtis. Go, Curtis. You know, all this stuff about, uh, stuff and aura around him whenever he was walking around the city he almost thought how could he not run for mayor one day so by the grace of god i'm healthy enough to see it i'm healthy enough to see what happens uh it was almost like 40 plus years in the making and curtis is saying now's the time and i don't think he would be someone who would want accolades for unlocking everything i don't think he would want to do, maybe we want to do a fireworks display after reaching 70%, but not before taking care of the small business owner. That is something we need. We need a mayor after de Blasio to take care of the small businesses that should be thrown a parade also, by the way. Because those people, those business owners have been taken away, have had their keys taken away from them from even opening. And I don't know if anybody on that other side could open the doors again. I don't know how that can happen. I don't know if it will happen. But Curtis is on the ground. Literally, he's in Staten Island. He's everywhere. Uh, Little Nick Douglas in Parade, he always makes an appearance there. So he's never not been somewhere in the city where he needed to be. And so, Curtis, you just woke me up with this throwback and... and just this reminder of how connected it feels to you, to the city, to, to Giuliani. I mean, all these things 
feel for a full circle. And in my 30th year of living, to see him actually running after knowing him for about, I would say, 20 years of life here is very, very intriguing to me. So we'll have to see what happens. But, yeah, I don't think you would want a pat on the back, a bow down for opening up a business like Governor Cuomo wants. He says, well, Cuomo says we're at 70%. Let's throw some fireworks. Yay, me. I am very curious to see if Cuomo can face any political pressure in the 2022 election. Because I just don't see it happening. I think he has successfully distracted everybody from, well, let me run it down because I made a rundown a while ago, actually. And, uh, and so I made a, I made a rundown a couple of days ago, actually. Let me play you that because you need, you need to know, you need to know that this is important to remember a reminder, if you will. That Cuomo still covered up nursing home deaths and profited with his leadership book. Made $5 million or something like that. Even in the summer of 2020, when there were opportunities to open up more, he just kept us locked down. He even held 70% over our head until we finally got there. Saying, well, we won't lift all restrictions until we get it. We were at 69%, 68%. The pandemic chased 420,000 people out of New York City, and I have not seen an incentive since to bring them back. That is concerning. As Zach Isco said the other day on this podcast, we need to find a way to bring them back. And shooting off fireworks to celebrate this doesn't bring people back. It just looks like optics, and it was a beautiful you know, display. And yes, we're at 70%. And again, I, I applaud Biden for lowering the standard on that. You cannot expect 100% of America to be vaccinated when we still have state city zip codes not even ready to vaccinate, not even trusting the vaccine. So the messaging has to change a lot um, to get to 100%. So to lower the bar by July 4th to 70 made absolute sense. I'm glad Biden did that. I'm glad Cuomo did that. Just like here in New York, I don't know if we're going to have a zero death total. I would love it one day, at least one day since March 2020, to have zero deaths of COVID. But that doesn't seem realistic right now. And people that are going to the hospitals, I guess, are the ones that are not getting the vaccine and are getting sick. So that's got to change, too. That has to be changed. That has to give more awareness to, yeah, maybe the vaccine is working. Maybe we can finally admit that the vaccine is working. I got it a while ago because I felt like it would work. I felt that science here would win the day, and it so far has. Because the numbers have dropped dramatically as restrictions are lifted. But with all this reopening does come this idea of, let's forget everything else. You did a great leadership. And in the beginning, yes, I Cuomo did what he needed to do. He he got, and it became tiring after a while with the press conferences. But he got things, you know, really started up with this. And he even tried, he even tried hydroxychloroquine. He even tried hydroxychloroquine in this state. Did you know that? That's very interesting to remember. 
he got shipments of that to try it out here. I don't know if you know that or not. But then, when you started to realize, why were the hospitals empty? When you started to realize, it's nice out, it's summer out. Why are businesses still being locked down? And I won't make the protest comparison, but that was a big deal. People were on the streets anyway, protesting. Why couldn't the small business owner open up? And I got flack for saying that, but I felt it. But we are on a long road to recovery. And the only way to fully recover is moving on from Cuomo. I have to believe that. I hope that the investigations Letitia James did was a foreshadowing of of her challenging him in the primary. I think that would be a viable race. I really do. Because I just don't think he is the viable solution for 2022. Because he was given all the power and he squelched so many businesses. He killed, you know, that nursing home order did kill people. We have to say that. It's not conspiratorial to say that. It's fact. And then the cover-up makes it even worse. But you're going to tell me that you think, still, he is the viable solution as the city has more for-lease signs than I have seen in quite a while, has more unoccupied spaces than we've seen ever in New York City. And yeah, maybe it's a good sign traffic's coming back, but in reality, it, it just seems still that, that they are not doing enough to bring people back. And, and Cuomo, by holding everything over people's heads, simply says, you're going to do it my way. And, and, and we are a free people. We do not want to do it a certain authority's way. Maybe we're stubborn like that, but we do not want to rely on government that much for what we have to get done. So as my friend Monica put it, <laughs> the CUO vaccine, the COVID vaccine, is needed in 2022 because I just don't see him as a viable solution. And it's sad I have to jog, jog people's memory for the people here, but I do. Because as a lifelong New Yorker, and as summer 2020 is here, 21 is here, I would like to see more people back. I'm so proud of the island. You know, Long Island was one of the first places that really said, okay, we're going to open up at 50, then 75, and then now it's pretty much full, play, full capacity over there. But they took a risk, and they worked it out, and it worked out. Laura Kern understood that being locked down was not healthy for the human being. She understood that being outside is better for immunity. Something that I don't know if these guys actually grasp or if they grasp it and ignored it. You may not like me calling it, but it felt like we were under an iron fist here in New York City. That we couldn't move one inch unless the governor told us to. We couldn't move one foot until the governor told us. And who wants to live in that? Who wants to live in that? Because that's tyranny. To even to this point hold the 70% up as this carrot 
you're dangling in front of the people, almost forcing them to get it while you're not forcing them to get it. Like, it's the non-mandate mandate. That is not good for the human psyche because they don't want to be told what to do. We are a free people, a free country here. Let them get the vaccine when they're ready, but don't hold it over the heads here. But I think that... Um, oh, and this is the other thing. I, I've stopped talking about politics for a while, but when I interviewed Zach and I realized how important it was to hear his thoughts out. And then I see that the Post endorsed Zach Iskell as well as the first-ranked choice. I thought, well, maybe it's time to start going back to that a little bit. Maybe locally anyway, because as a New Yorker, we should want the city to come back 1,000%. As a New Yorker, we should want the city to be vibrant again. As a, I wouldn't consider myself a millennial, but as someone who is seeing this generation praise Cuomo's, though, I mean, it's just tough to watch the comments section. I'm like, no, I've got to get back on this track. Because something's got to be changed. Something's got to be done. Something's got to be fixed here. We have to have a viable solution. And again, I just... I don't think Cuomo is the answer. And I think people may see that, but they're afraid to speak out because they'll lose a friend. You're worried about losing a friend over Cuomo? Are you kidding me? No. Just stay your course. Just speak what you feel. Because your voice could lead to some amazing changes if you just let it flow. And... We, we got a taste of how it sort of starts at the state because the state really controls what the city does. But I would say the city has shown weakness to a point against Cuomo. And, you know, no matter how many times de Blasio and him argue, I still think that in the end of the day, they still were in agreement to lock us in, everything like that. So for de Blasio to call it Cuomo now doesn't make any sense. But Curtis, you listen to him, he's laying out all these things going on. Meanwhile, the, the Democratic primary, they're all yelling at each other. And it's like, who wants to listen to that? Who wants to listen to that bickering? But I, I, I have to say, Curtis is the stronger candidate here in the Republican side. There's no two ways about it. He is a viable candidate. He will, Don't get me wrong. If he gets elected in the primary, he will make a show of this election. And that will be kind of interesting. But he won't just... He will know what he's talking about. He will know the streets of New York. Because you know why? He is wandering the streets of New York. He is on the streets of New York. Fighting the fight every day. For this beautiful city known as New York. So, I think adapting is important. Because no matter who wins, we're going to have to adapt to new leadership. But why not know the facts before deciding the leadership we know? Now, Eric Adams, former cop. Strong candidate on the Democratic side. I just am not sure what would happen if he gets in office. Catherine Garcia, she's managed 
the sanitation department. She's only nine points behind Adams. It's going to be a hot race. You know, I, I, I'm thinking back because 2013 was quite a year. That was actually the year Curtis and Frank brought me on to 970 as a board op engineer. And, well, I was first an intern. Then things fell into place for board op engineer. But do you remember on July 4th, 2013, de Blasio was like dead last. And his big push was to bring the fireworks back to July. Back to the East River on July the 4th next year when he gets elected. That was his big promise. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? I remember that press conference. He was on the East River making that press conference. He was like very bothered because Bill Thompson was in that. Let's not forget Anthony Weiner. If Weiner doesn't show his Weiner again, he gets the nomination. I really believe that. But he did show his wiener again, and things fell apart for him. And then de Blasio, out of nowhere, just shot up and became our mayor after Bloomberg. So this race, and uh, even in his TikTok video, Curtis called Mayor Giuliani's race a shock-the-world kind of race. Well, Curtis could do the same. Curtis could do the same and, and do it well. Do it better than de Blasio. And the sad part is, Mayor de Blasio is a nice guy. I just talked to him on Memorial Day. He asked me how I was. We talked for a good five minutes. But then you look at the policy. It's like, where's the disconnect here? How is he so personable, yet makes these so non-personable, so, you know, dictatorial mandates for the city? How does he... Where's the disconnect there? And so I think the city is craving, uh, as we've said before on this podcast, a culture change. I mean, maybe you know you're doing something right when the Garden Angels were not going to just partner up with the NYPD, but do their own way. That's how Curtis sort of had it done. And we all have our shortcomings, right? And people like to attack that. But at the end of the day, the city is hungry. The city is empty. The city has no incentive to come back. We need leadership to give people the incentive that New York City is not dead. New York City will never die, right, Eric Urban Creative? We need someone to bring that message through that New York City will never die. And it starts at City Hall. Obviously now we know more so it starts in Albany too. But for now, in City Hall, we need a message of we're going to be resilient. He he does say, uh, de Blasio has said before, oh, you know, we're, the city is resilient. The city is coming back. But let's make it more policy friendly for people to come back. And I got to just say this one other thing. Major Alex Garrett, you gotta understand, you're a new jack here. From the new jack who literally operated a control board, uh, a tie line at um, a Penn Plaza, uh, the Hotel Pennsylvania. What Curtis and everybody there may not know is that they inspired this podcast because I started to learn a lot more about the city. I started to learn the ins and outs. I, I had totally. Want to do sports. Eight years ago, this very day, I was probably applying to play-by-play, 
like in South Dakota or Oklahoma or someplace. Eight years ago, because I was still figuring out what to do after college. Then the internship starts. And I start seeing things that are happening in the city that maybe I feel my generation isn't listening to. And then this podcast happens. So whether he knows it or not, this podcast is partly because Curtis gave me that chance to be in radio. And I started to see things that on radio were talked about, were not talked about in my circles, in, in what I was reading. I said, let's bring awareness. And I love talking city politics. There's no doubt about it. I, the, city politics is so intriguing to me. I love having Councilman Joe Borelli. I love having Zach Miller from New York Truck Stop. Because there's so much work we can do to bring the city back. And we've got to do it now. If we're going to really show that New York City will never die. We have to do it right now. In a way, I'm very excited that restrictions were lifted before July the 1st. Because as I told you a couple weeks ago, if this lockdown situation continued till July, more businesses would have to close up. Thank God June 15th was the reopening. Thank God. Because another month of this, and people would not be surviving their jobs. Now we're open. We got to stay open. We've got to make it more friendly for people to come back. And it just may not happen until the new mayor's in office. I just, I am a little nervous that if a Democrat comes back in, they'll continue this sort of power grab, if you will. Whereas Curtis would maybe be for the people. He might be ridiculed. He might be mocked. He might be joked on for wearing that red beret. But you know what? That's his brand. He is staying on brand. Do you notice this? He's wearing a suit jacket, a suit, and wearing his beret. He is showing us that he still is a guardian angel at heart with the beret, even with the suit on. The red sateen jacket, as he likes to say, has been off for quite a while. And back, and, and now he's dressed up. He's at these debates. He's looking sharp. And he might do it. He might at least win the primary. And then that, you know, just getting into that primary could lead to something bigger. So, Curtis, I do wish you luck on this. I don't think Mateo is the answer. I don't think many in the Democratic Party are the answer. From what I know from Sean Donovan, he just kind of lives on the fact that he was in Obama's administration. But that was then. What are you doing now for New York City? Corey Johnson, well, I'm city speaker. Great, but what did you do for the pandemic, for people in the pandemic? You sort of just didn't, you know, you ran your Zoom meetings and everything, but you weren't out on the ground like Zach Iskell was, I could see. So let's fix New York. It does have to happen legislatively. That is a true a fact. So let's get the right people in place to truly make a recovery. Because, you know, we can throw these parades. We can throw fireworks for 70%. But as I mentioned on my Instagram yesterday, AlexGNYC1, AlexGNYC1. The healthcare heroes want more than a parade, Mayor de Blasio, Governor Cuomo. They want hazard pay. The city wants more than fireworks. They want opening to people who have not been able to open full strength. That's what they want. And they wanted it a while ago, by the way. A long while ago. 
And a lot of New Yorkers were not out there writing a book to try and make some money off this pandemic. A lot of people were not, uh, you know, taking trips everywhere. Like, you were Governor Cuomo to Atlanta, to a different place. Like, they were not doing that at the height of the pandemic. They were struggling. And we need someone who will understand that struggle of the brick and mortar. That maybe even had to move online. Of the restaurant that couldn't really open up again with 50% because who would be able to afford that? They made it sound so great, 50%. It takes a lot of money to run that restaurant at 50%. A lot of money. So from New Jack to uh, feeling like the old guard a little bit, I'm ready to tackle the city even more. I'm ready to bring it back any way I can, and I think through this podcast we can do it together. Thank you for continuing to listen. Uh, Thanks for continuing to be part of this journey. I'm not sure where it's taking us, but I've got good feelings. And I think part of those feelings have to do with the politics of the city. I love talking about adaptation. I love running on people who are inspiring others to adapt through their own adaptation story. And Curtis Lee, well, you know, he, he adapted to being shot in 19, you know, outside of Tupin Platt, outside the garden. He survived that. And here he is running for mayor. 30, nearly 30 years ago, yours truly was in the ICU for 77 days. And here, yours truly is talking about the issues of the day. 30 years ago, I don't think Curtis even thought of now, in 92, I don't think, I, I think for my folks, the focus was getting me out of that infancy state. And here we are. And yes, I do still feel like a new Jack in this field eight years later because my Valley wear sports. But at the same time, I, I think thanks to everyone there eight years ago said, we're going to give you a shot. It's really helped develop a stronger approach to what we got to do in the city. And my eyes have been wide open. And Curtis did that. And the way he tells the story of how I came about doing radio for him was it's very cool. But this is beyond that now. This is someone who wants to change the city, and I'm just excited to see it. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see how things play out. Early voting, and then June 22nd, and then boom, we're into election season, in the mayoral election for 2021. And we need a true breath of fresh air after de Blasio. And I think, much like national politics, that true breath of fresh air comes when we switch parties. If you remember, the Bush years were done. Republicans kind of sank the ship with the recession. And Obama won because, A, he was part of the Democratic Party. B, he had this charisma to get us out of that funk. And I I think that was it. Eight years after Obama, the Democrats kind of tired everybody. Republicans had a shot. Now it's back to the Democrats for four years. Here, we might see a shift where it goes from Democrat back to Republican. 
after eight years. That would be fascinating to see. And you think about it, how the city is now. It's amazing that we had a Republican mayor and a Republican governor for those years, right? Over the last, before de Blasio, like 20-something years. That was truly remarkable. And let's see if it can happen again. Let's see if it can happen again. Alex Garrett uh, podcasting here in New York City. We're going to fight to keep the city alive even through elections. So adapt your views just for one minute. Truly look at the views just for one minute. And the viewpoints. And then make your choice. If you can vote in the primary, even better. As an independent, we cannot vote. And I think to me, independents need that voice too. We are people here that want to say. You know, you might think it's off the wall comparison, but you take the all-star game out of Atlanta, Georgia because of Georgia's voting laws. Yet no one gives one crud about the independents here. One crap. Well, guess someone has to give a crap. Because we need a voice in these primaries, everybody. NYC votes. Independents need a voice. Once and for all. We're people too. We're undecided for a reason. We're independent for a reason. Because we think middle of the road. Not far left, not far right, not moderate, not... We just think middle of the road. Because that's how, how it's got to be for further success. So let independents vote once and for all in these primaries, presidential, mayoral, controller, all of them. And give us a voice too. So on that note, I am... I think I still am anyway. Uh, Curtis, talk to you soon. Be well, everybody. We'll uh, talk with Frank Morano later today. Very excited to talk about that. We're not just going to talk politics, but some other stuff going on. Uh, some rankings I had seen for the broadcaster and the newspaper reporter. Find out about that later. But for now, I'm Alex Garrett. Alex at alexgnyc.com.